Hey there. Hey, how you doing? I'm pretty good. I didn't hear any theme music. Uh, is this running right? Uh, I think so. Okay. We'll find out. I, 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 I'm only doing this for the theme music. Okay, well, I'm only doing this for, uh, I don't know what I'm doing this for. Grins. So, um, anything uh, uh, stirring your uh, pot, as it were? Well, there's always politics, but I don't know if you want to go there. There's so much going on that uh, I think... What do you mean? There's so much going on? I don't know about that. There's so much going on in politics that I think uh, you'd have to be brain dead not to uh, have some of it uh, percolating up into your thoughts and and make you want to talk about it. But um, my understanding is that uh, this is more of a technology show, so I don't want to... Well, it's not. This is uh, its own beast. This is what what it is, and uh, uh, I mean, I, I'm not adverse to talking about politics, but uh, fundamentally, uh, po- it's like talking about technology. Is like as it relates to what is the question? Yeah, yeah. As it relates to the whole madness that is the current administration. How's that? Uh, that's that, that's a little closer, I think. Uh, so, so I think I, I think the uh, the worm has turned in the last couple of weeks. I think enough things have happened that uh, didn't go the administration's way that uh, uh, it's causing some people to to think hard about their own positions relative to the administration. Uh, so are you, you're suggesting that that, uh, I mean, it seems to me that a lot of the themes, a lot of the strategies, uh, a lot of the agenda uh, is pretty much the same one that we've seen now for more than a year. So what is it about this? Uh, you know, uh, you know, you hear when you watch the the, the political networks, you hear this. Uh, this is a turning point. This was the worst week ever. All of these kinds of uh, sort of framing of what's going on. And uh, certainly you can pull out of uh, what's happened in the last couple of weeks. You can pull out a lot of uh, uh, threads. Uh, and uh, But I wonder whether that's all as significant as um, to what end? I mean, why... Are, if well, I'll give more... you I'll give you some for instances. Um, uh, Trump went to NATO and dissed everybody, and about a day later, there was a, a news item about uh, the EU forming a, a closer relationship with Japan uh, for trading, um, in a way uh, cutting the United States out of anything uh, related to to trade with with that specific deal in mind. Um, you, you also have to look at uh, the disaster in Helsinki, and I, I, I could describe a bunch of that, but I think everybody uh, knows that at this point. Uh, the thing that's really got my eye, though, is the, the arrest of the, uh, the Russian woman, Maria Batina. Um, and, uh, I'm not quite sure what the charges are. I, I think the charge is that she was conspiring to, uh, to represent um, the Russian government in the United States to Americans without uh, uh, pro- proper uh, authorization, um, without filing 
I guess, uh, noticed that uh, she was a foreign agent. And uh, she's, she's in custody and she's got a trial happening. Manafort's got a, a trial starting very shortly. Yeah, they'll have another one in the fall. Um, none of this, none of this is, is uh, Trump playbook. This is, this is reality out of Trump's hands. And uh, for that reason, I think a lot of people who are smarter than me are, are looking at the last couple of weeks and saying, well, um, maybe, this, maybe this is a turning point. Well, the, you know, the, some of the conventional wisdom about this being a turning point uh, suggests that, uh, you know, that the clock is ticking and that these things are going to get to a certain point and that that's going to be dispositive towards some sort of uh, cause and effect. Uh, but I, I wonder about that. I, I wonder whether uh, we won't look back at this as a time when a lot of the theories about how this was going to be remedied in some sort of uh, way, you know, you know, essentially what the uh, Trump people call the overturning of the election or the attempted overturning of the election, uh, what if that doesn't turn out to be what happens? Good question. Uh, I, I suppose uh, we'll do this again in a couple of months and we'll have a different kind of conversation. But I think uh, getting back to your ticking clock uh, metaphor, I think uh, pretty obviously the, the ticking clock is uh, the countdown to the uh, midterm elections. And uh, there are a lot of people uh more engaged at this point in the cycle than uh, there were uh, the last time there were midterms, and I think uh, I think to a degree it's 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 not it's not what you or I say it's it's the the uh, large aggregate of, of data and, uh, representing people uh, out there in the countryside that are uh, that, that that is providing this narrative. I guess I'd say. Well, I mean, I, I, I certainly am not suggesting that what you and I think about what is going on is going to be somehow uh, earth shattering in its uh, 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 insight or impact. But I do think that uh, a lot of these uh, emergent technologies reflect, uh, uh, you know, the uh, ability of a small group of people. I mean, like, for example, in the uh, uh, 2016 election, it, that election was decided by a relatively small number of people. And, yeah, about 78,000 votes. Yeah. Well, uh, there is that theory. We don't know. Uh, we don't know uh, if those votes were contested by both parties as opposed to just one. Uh, we don't know what would have happened and we don't know whether that might have shifted the, uh, uh, you know, the, the contest in ways that would have uh, been counteracted by other strategies. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like saying that 78,000 people for that scenario, that's true. But I, I totally agree with you. You can't, you can't really get a mulligan on this and, and uh, rewind the tape and, and replay it because you'll get a different outcome because there's so many variables. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, so you know, I I think that uh, you know the notion that uh, what we think uh, about this or how we're reacting to this, 
uh, as being not uh, significant compared to some uh, other uh, unnamed group, I, I would say that uh, that that isn't necessarily uh, the case. Uh, not that we, I mean, I've always felt that we represent in our attitudes uh, a rather healthy group in this country, which uh, in the case of the uh, 2016 election, uh, a lot of those people were in California and their vote didn't count. True that. I, my only my only point is uh, to to state that uh, it's it's a numbers game. I think we know that we, we both agree. Um, you brought up technology a second ago, and uh, it reminded me that uh, New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman uh, wrote an op-ed yesterday uh, announcing that she was uh, going to stop using her Twitter feed. She hadn't she hadn't gone all the way of, to to the point of uh, deleting her Twitter profile, but she's uh, she's gone a long way to saying uh, it's it's counterproductive for her professionally to be using it. Well, I think that I think that what she's saying there, uh, it, it's kind of a prophylactic move. Uh, she's basically finding it difficult to handle uh, emotionally uh, the noise and the anger. And so she's taking steps to reduce that uh, uh, in, in what she's doing. That sounds more like what the actual effect is of what she's doing right now, at least. Well, I agree with that. However, I also know from reading the piece that uh, she, she was in, in some ways, and I, I don't have the piece in front of me, but uh, my, my takeaway from it was that she was uh, uh, disappointed in the way uh, the technology had grown up that uh, when she started using the technology, uh, the idea of, of crowdsourcing and crowd wisdom uh, was was a real thing. And over time, that's kind of gone away. And, and uh, we've we've sort of been reduced to armed camps on uh, social media. Uh, and a lot of people are, are uh, not capable of, of uh rational discourse and, and seeing both sides. And I think she's, as much as anything else, getting trying to get away from that. Well, I, I, I think that that's certainly accurate. But uh, as we were talking about uh, in the, with the numbers game before, I think that abstracting from her specific remedy or uh, uh, you know, solution to a problem that she has as a public figure, I mean, she's got seven hundred thousand, uh, uh, you know, uh, viewers or listeners or whatever it is, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, right. And you know, that's that is not. Uh, it's kind of a one percent problem, not of a rich, but more of a, you know a media elite problem. That, although certainly significant, it doesn't necessarily uh, abstract itself to. Uh, you know, uh, should I uh, stop using it? I mean, I don't, I don't agree with the scenario, but obviously, I have uh, different uh, attributes and and uh, interests in terms of Twitter, and uh, and always have had uh, than necessarily with the mainstream. So, yeah, uh, I, I I don't I don't have the same problem with fake news. 
No, and and I wouldn't expect you to. Um, you, we were talking about using Twitter as a, as as a private individual and using it as a, a as a tool in a semi professional setting. I mean, I, I recall one of the things Haberman talked about was was that you used to be able, she used to be able to get um, uh, leads uh, information from individual people direct messaging her, and she used to be able to communicate one on one. Uh, with with people who had something to offer, and um, that's kind of gone away. If I read her piece right, well, you know, technically that's not true. What's not true? Uh, that that the, the capability of direct messages has gone away. I mean, there's a, a that's setting... not what I said. I'm uh, not talking about direct messaging going away. I'm talking about uh, her ability to to, to get, get leads and give uh, information that's that's credible and worthwhile through direct messages is for all intents and purposes evaporated. Well, let's, let's drill down on that a little bit. Uh, what about a direct message uh, five years ago or whatever, uh, you know, time frame she felt that she was getting value out of it. What's the difference in terms of her understanding of uh, these uh, sort of crowdsourced leads that come in what is it about the technology that's changed her uh, ability to understand whether it's real or not well i think exactly nothing i think uh what she's talking about is the way people use it so she's it's it's all about the way people use it uh, from what i read what i recall sure from I, the piece. I, obviously we're abstract you know extrapolating from uh, the general thrust of what she's trying to uh, get across and what she's trying to cope with. But uh, uh, I just, uh, it, it's like, you know, with, with fa Facebook, I think there's an obvious uh, problem, uh, which is that uh, you basically, uh, their strategy is to be very opaque about what the uh, signals are that affect what you see and therefore uh, the advertising or whatever the uh, business model is that surrounds that. Uh, you know, Twitter has some tools that allow you to basically control that. I mean, for example, I, I never look at the entire fire hose of tweets because uh, that would require me following everybody on the network. Uh, I, what, you know, it's pretty noisy even at, at uh, I think I follow something like 700 uh, accounts mm -hmm. at, at this point and God knows that can be very noisy but that's also filtered by the uh, you know the not everybody is saying something all the time so it's not a constant flow uh, of information if you, you know on a Saturday or late on a Sunday night or early on a, uh, you know, weekday morning, uh, you see stuff from uh, Europe and not very much, at least the people that I follow from Asia uh, the night before, you know, there, there's rush hour and then there's not rush hour. So, I mean, I don't know that that is a function of, of, uh, of the coarseness or the uh, lack of 
grace and uh, empathy of of the network, which you know clearly that's that, that's occurred and is stoked by some of our uh, leaders. But you see what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah. I mean, all I all I can all I can say is. Um... There's there's a there's a thing called Dunbar's number that we don't pay enough attention to uh, with social media that uh, I think helps explain some of some of this. Uh, Dunbar is a an Oxford uh, uh, sociology professor, researcher, PhD, mm-hmm. um, and he he did did a study that said you know somewhere around 150 200. Uh, unique discrete relationships is about all any human being can can handle and uh, he gave some famous examples Uh, what what social media has done is it's enabled us to pretend that we can extend Dunbar's number but as a practical matter the the 700 people that you follow and roughly the same number that I follow I have no clue what's going on in their lives or what they're about or even why I signed up to follow them in, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you add that on, when you think about that and you think about the general coarsening of the dialogue, anyhow, um, it's, it's not surprising to, uh, to see people kind of throw up their hands and say, what good is this? It's, it's overwhelming me. Yeah, uh, you know, clearly uh, social addiction is uh, a problem that uh, many of the vendors are are trying to cope with, uh, with, you know, Apple's doing something about, uh, uh, you know, basically taking a vacation from your phone uh, as a software feature and, uh, and, you know, in the next version of the operating system and so on. Uh, But I, I wonder how effective that is. I think it's a good idea that people start to educate themselves uh, about the fact that holding on to this thing all the time uh, is not necessarily a healthy strategy, but uh, I, I, I agree wonder. with you. And that, and I, I certainly practice that, but look at how hard I am to, to get in touch with. Well, I don't think that you're as uh, uh, outside of the default as you might think you are. I think, I think there it's not really who you, it's not so much, how hard it is to get in touch with you is how hard it is for somebody to get in touch with you. You have, you have, I mean, I, to me, the social graph of the, of my Twitter follows and, uh, you know, the, uh, sync, uh, symmetrical relationships that are in the direct messages model, uh, is, uh, uh, it's about making it relatively possible for people, uh, to communicate uh, except for uh, if they do too much of it uh, or if I do too much of it to them, then, you know, you run the risk of being excommunicated essentially. Mm -hmm. And, but I think that that social graph and that kind of uh, sort of organic filtering that goes on. And I don't think it's just Twitter. I think that if I watch the way my, uh, daughter uh my younger daughter uh uses uh the social networks she she doesn't really care which network she's using uh except the the one she uses the ones 
in aggregate that support uh, the infrastructure that she feels will wall her off. From, I mean, like she doesn't want to talk to her parents particularly uh, on the on on voice, uh, but sometimes uh, you know she'll accept a a, a direct message uh, or. A, uh, Snapchat. If I was willing to be on that network, which I'm not, you know, it, it, these are features of the overall social architecture. Is the way that she looks at this. I think. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, the whole idea of digital natives was was something that that I thought was quaint for a long time, and it's it's only in the last few years with. Uh, the hyper rise of, of social media that I have come to realize that I am not uh, a digital native, even though I work in the industry. And even though, I, you know, I, I, I used to b believe that I, I was, I was different from um, the rest of the population, but I'm, I, I have to say I'm, I'm overwhelmed uh, at times by some of this technology too. Well, I mean, it sounds like, you know, one way of looking at that is, is that you're a, a thought leader uh, in the digital native community. Uh, it doesn't necessarily follow that uh, you uh, wanting to curtail or limit uh, the communication that's coming in over this channel uh, is uh, any less uh, active than you know having it wide open. It might be it might be more structured than most people realize. Oh, that's an that's an excellent point. I don't know. I don't know. So, what do you think? Know. You know, uh, uh, when you were texting me or whatever it was, whatever channel you were using to uh, set up this call, uh, you were suggesting that you were gonna uh, that you were gonna turn off, uh, much like uh, Maggie, her name is again Haberman. Haberman, yeah. Yeah, that you were gonna turn off Twitter. Uh, are you? I don't know. I've, I've turned off Facebook. Yeah, I, I, I really didn't see a lot of value in, in what it was doing. Um, Twitter, on the other hand, is a little bit harder to turn off, partly because it's a little more entertaining um, lis listening to the, some of the crackpots that are uh, um, trying to blow the whistle on Trump. Um, but also, uh, I've, I've got this book out and I'm trying to uh, promote it and uh, I need a little bit of social media to do that. I, I, so what's sort of, your what's your uh, social media strategy for uh, promoting the, the book? I don't know yet. I was uh, trying to take my lead from my publisher and they haven't been very forthcoming. So they don't know either. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the book the book is still a few weeks off. Well, talking in the abstract, uh, what's the book about? Uh, it's the title is "The Age of Sustainability," and it's about uh, approaches to solving global warming. So, uh, you know, if you speaking in the abstract, what would you? Who would you be trying to reach? People who are going to read the book, or uh, sort of uh, fire starters, people who are going to. Uh, be social about about this in such a way that their kind of a social cloud will uh, uh, be uh, activated. And, probably, you, know, that... you believe it or not, probably not the fire starters, and probably 
um, I, I'm, I'm going to be very careful about how I use social media for this, for the simple reason that I was, uh, I was surprised when the first edition came out uh, that uh, somebody who um, I have a, a good deal of respect for, and I sent him a copy and um, he, he said, hey, send me a copy, I'll, I'll, I'll review it. And uh, sure enough, a week later, uh, a review appeared on his blog. But what was interesting was it, it was very clear that he didn't read the book and still wrote a review, which, which was a real problem. So I think, at least initially, what I'm looking to do is uh, a small book tour, uh, do some readings at bookstores and get in front of people who are readers who will read the book and who themselves may be uh, socially connected and, and uh, on social media and able to generate some some interest uh, through that method. I, I, I'm 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 not at all sure that it's it's um, a good or practical idea to to try to promote something like this on social media per se. But you know the it is a good idea to be able to reach uh you know you could go out and stand on the corner uh and you might not get a lot of uh activity because it's it's like uh, retail politics you going door to door is not what won trump the election uh, apparently what won the election was very targeted uh filtering uh and uh, you know analyzing the potential value of uh, of communicating or advertising to uh, a group of people that have already sent signals that they're interested, uh, and you know, therefore, getting them out to vote. Well, let me give you a little bit of pushback on that, and I'm afraid that's the last thing I can talk about because I've got to get going. But um, every campaign has at least two phases. One is, one is wholesale and the other is retail. And I think, I think the, thing, the thing about Iowa in the presidential cycle uh, is that it's an opportunity to do retail politics. It's a, it's a chance to get out and test your message and to test your, your stump speech. Much later in the, in the campaigns, especially after the uh, the conventions, you go into wholesale mode. You, you you need to speak with large audiences. You need to access television. You need to do uh, debates, and that's that's all wholesale. But it all starts with retailing, with with talking to people individually, and um, it, it's very much uh, the same kind of hockey stick that uh, Clay Christensen talked about in the Innovators Dilemma. Uh, all right. I know you haven't got much time, but explain how, how that's related. Um, well, how does it work? Uh, how does it work? Policy? Well, if you if you if you had to graph what I just said, you you'd um, you draw a hockey stick graph, an S curve. Uh, you wouldn't just do the hockey stick. You do the the top half too, which shows the graph falling over. Um, the, the the point is that early early on when your uh, when your uh, incline is is pretty minimal, uh, that's where you're doing retail politics. Uh, you get to an inflection point where enough people get the message, and they communicate with their peers 
that uh, you see you see a bump and you see you see the graph turn almost due north and it it, it goes up due north for for quite a while for the ultimately su successful candidate and um, that's what I'm talking about. Right, but there is a crossover between the uh, you know meat space uh, uh, domain and the digital domain. For sure, for sure. So that's the equation that you, you yeah, need so, to. So, so what, what I'm saying about the book is is that uh, I could end up doing something with social media, but it's not the first. It's not the go-to. It's not the first thing out of the box that I I think I should be doing. Right. I, I would suggest that it's the, uh, having read your book, uh, that it's the emotional connection that you make uh, in the impact on our lives uh, that it needs to be communicated. Yeah, I think, I think so. I, I, I think you're right. Okay. Well, thank you, Dennis. Steve, it's always a pleasure to speak, and I look forward to doing this again. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right, be well. Bye. Bye.